Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. In the pew Bibles in front of you, uh, it's on page 1047. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meaning, while praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how, to, how you ought to speak and answer each one. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest, uh, again, we welcome you. It encourages us that you're here, and we sure hope that we can be an encouragement to you also. Uh, we are blessed in so many ways, and this coming Sunday is surely going to be uh, one of the great blessings of the year. It's so exciting to hear about how many of you are inviting other people and the good reports that are coming back. And we want to take just a few minutes uh, to think about that in just a few minutes. As we think about, as you see on the screen, we've been talking about real talk. This morning, it may sound unusual to say grace talk, but that's what the scripture says. And so it ought to not sound unusual to us, but really when you look in, this, in the scriptures and then you look in day-to-day -day life, grace talk is unusual. It is unusual to find people who can consistently speak gracious language. I think about the story that I read about a little girl who was talking to her grandfather. And his grandfather was the type of man that whenever his, his wife would set any kind of meal on the table, there'd always be some kind of complaint about it. The meat's not well done or it's overcooked. The peas were too soft or they were too hard. And so the little granddaughter was trying to figure all of this out. And she says, Granddaddy, does God hear us when we pray? He says, well, sweetie, of course he does. And being a religious man, he was thankful that his granddaughter was thinking about such things. And then she continued, though, questioning, Granddaddy, does God hear us when we say things? And it's not in a prayer. And he says, well, sure he does. And again, just busting with pride that his granddaughter would be thinking about spiritual things, but that pride was humbled pretty quickly whenever she said, Granddaddy, which one does God believe? What about you? When you offer a sincere invitation for someone to come and to worship God, does that make sense? when earlier in the week or earlier in the month, the way you have talked with them, the way you have visited with them, the way you have conducted business with them, does your talk sound one way at one time and does it sound a completely different way at another time? And if so, what are they supposed to believe? What are they supposed to understand? You see, it is very important that not only as we studied last week that we walk the talk, it's important that we talk the talk. 
And it's not just what are you going to say. Can you craft a real great invitation to get somebody to study God's word with you? Or to get somebody to visit a worship service with you? Or can you craft an invitation to get somebody to come to a, a friend's day? Listen, as important as that is, I assure you what is far, far more important is does your language the rest of the time match that? Or does that make your invitation seem awful hypocritical? I hope you'll bear with me for a few minutes as we'll cover a few things that we need to cover. Uh, it's just that time of the year in the life of our family where there's a lot of things happening about Friends Day that we just need to make sure a crowd this size that we're on the same page. And if I could mention just a few things to you, keep in mind that immediately after service tonight is going to be a camp staff meeting. If you are planning on being on the staff or think you might be on the staff, that meeting is tonight right after services. Also, I want to either remind you or inform you, let's be diligent to be praying for Donald Adair and his family. Many of us are familiar with already what has been mentioned in Boston and then in West Texas. In West Texas, that plant that blew up was owned by an elder in the Lord's church. Uh, he was in Bible class with his wife when he received a call last Wednesday night that that plant was on fire. They immediately rushed to their car and before they could get there, uh, the explosion took place. Uh, maybe we can only try to imagine what it must feel like to have that kind of damage among your neighbors and realize that it was your property that did that. And yet he is really trying his best to reach out and to help those around. Many of the members of the church in that community lost their houses. As far as we know, no members of the church lost their lives. Uh, but we have sent a correspondence to them uh, to ask if there's anything that we can do as a congregation, but we know that we can be praying for the Adair family and for those uh, that, that have had significant losses. And of course, some families there have had losses of life in their family. Also, just a quick mention that the elders, deacons, ministers meeting that was postponed last week has been rescheduled for May the 5th at 5.15. We've already mentioned that Friends Day is coming and before you have a lot of company to come to your house on Sunday, you have to do a lot of work on Saturday. It's just like families. That's what we are. Is we're a family. And so in your Bible classes, there will continue to be talk today about work day. The hope is that every class will do something. And what is talked about in your class may not seem that big, but if 12 classes work together on various projects, a lot is going to be done. It also may be that in the class you're in, the project does not match you. And so if you want to help with another class, you're more than welcome to. And if you don't know what's going on, you can uh, contact John Michael and he can tell you about other works that are going on and, and who's in charge of that and who's working that. But let's be sure and all do our part. We want to be good stewards with what God has given us. We want our facility to say to those that would visit that we care uh, about our church family here and about our facilities here. And now let's think about Friends Day for just a moment. We've been quickly mentioning this for a few weeks now, but since it is next Sunday, we need to slow down a little bit and make a few announcements that will clarify uh, as a reminder for those that have been here in years past, but also as information for those that have not been here in years past. One thing that we like to remind us of, because it's a reminder of God's blessings, do you recognize the fact that a few years ago, we had a real problem parking everybody on Sunday morning? We had a problem with fitting everybody in the classroom or in the auditorium. We don't have that problem anymore because now a lot of our guests come 
to the Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock and we kind of have endless space. So that's nice. But keep in mind, for those that you are inviting to Sunday morning, it's regular worship times and we're in our Bible classes as usual. And so you may want to invite to take them out to lunch on your own. You may want to invite them to come to your Bible class. But we look forward to seeing the guests and all of us want to be mindful to be looking for guests and give them a warm welcome, help them find whatever they might be looking for. If you are in good health, uh, you may want to arrive a little bit earlier and park a little bit further from the building. Uh, but with the new parking lot there, it's been such a tremendous blessing. And with our new classroom space in the building next door, that also has been a tremendous blessing to add uh, more space. We also want uh, to just either let you know or remind you, this particular graphic that you're looking at right before those, those things at the bottom popped on, that has been emailed out to you if you're a part of Family Tree and the network there. That has been emailed out to you. And the hope this week is not only that, that you give invitations by word of mouth and handing a card uh, to someone, but we hope that you also help us on social media because that's really where most people live today so far as getting their information. And uh, I want you to just think in a scenario here, what if 1,000 people this week put out on their social media contacting only 100 people, which really isn't that many for many in social media, that would mean 100,000 invites would go out this week. That's realistic. And so we want to encourage you, if you have not yet received that, to contact us. We can get that to you. And if you want to put it on your Twitter or on your text or email or Facebook, uh, help us get the word out. Make sure that you post this week on Facebook how excited you are and inviting your friends to come be a part of the day. And of course, a big part of the day is the worship at the park at four o'clock in the afternoon. Remember, if, if uh, it is easy for you to walk, uh, we ask you to park at the middle school parking lot. Uh, just behind the building there is plenty of parking, but also you don't have to walk very far. As you know, there are shuttles that will begin running at three o'clock. Now we would like to remind you, even though we say the start time is at four, if you're getting there by 3.30, it will keep you from having to rush because to catch a shuttle, to get over and to get in your seat, etc., takes a little bit of time. So if you can be thinking in your mind, we want to arrive there around 3.30. And as you know from previous years, many of you arrive as early as 3 o'clock and it's just a wonderful, wonderful evening. At 4 o'clock, we'll have worship together. And each year, that has just been tremendous. Beautiful, wonderful singing outside. I'm sure oftentimes some of those are in the park. It may be the first time that they've heard acapella music uh, through voice. And uh, what a blessing that is. Remember to get to the park early enough to invite everybody that's in the park. Uh, we've had people join us in past years. We want to invite them to worship with us. We want to invite them to eat supper with us. We'll have plenty for that. And we want to invite them to be a part of the activities. We want everybody in the park to be welcome. Also, you're asked to bring side dishes and desserts and the hot dogs and the drinks will be provided. As you arrive in the parking lot, there'll be somebody to take the dishes from you. You won't have to transport those over to the park. If you need handicapped parking, uh, that'll be inside the park in the little limousine golf cart. If you can walk from your seat to the back bumper of your car, that's about as far as you'll have to walk. And uh, the, the little golf cart will pick you up there and they will drive you right beside one of these padded chairs right here. And you'll have a nice, comfortable, strong chair uh, that you'll set in through the evening. And, and the great surprise the first year we did this was how the older folks that were there were the ones that loved this day, I think, as much as anyone. Uh, we have tried our best to make it convenient for all ages. If in your mind you're thinking this is a young person's event, it's not at all. It's everybody. We're a 
family. This is a family event. And uh, we'll, we'll begin eating at about five, and shortly after that, we'll also begin activities. This year, we'll have cornhole. If you want to participate in that, teams will be made up there on the spot. In your Bible class today, we'll be talking about the ultimate Frisbee tournament. Uh, it'll be co-ed teams of seven. You have at least two girls on there. We're going to hope that almost every Bible class will supply a team in that tournament. And then also, we'll have gotcha being played, which is a form of a basketball game. If you can think of a cross between one-on-one -on -one basketball and horse, it's kind of something like that. Uh, but any great event to kick off the activity Activities for the evening. Any great event has to have opening ceremonies, right? I mean, any great event. And so opening up the activities for the evening. Now, are you ready for this? This is good. Our elders are going to play a game of gotcha. And you, you as Bible classes are going to pick out the uniform you want your elder to wear. And you're going to cheer your elder on. And so you'll talk about that in Bible class. And we look forward. Here's what we want really, really hope and pray for. As the sun is setting Sunday night, there will be hundreds of us driving home. And if it is like it is every year, we want families to be saying, wasn't that a great period of worship? Wasn't it so good to eat together and visit together? Weren't the activities just a lot of fun to either watch or participate in? I love Friends Day. I don't know how many hundreds of times that's been said at the close of Friends Day. And that's what we want. Families ought to worship together. Families ought to eat together. Families ought to laugh together. Families ought to enjoy each other's company. And that's our goal on Friends Day in addition to bringing guests in that maybe for the first time get to enjoy some of those things that maybe we have taken for granted. I want to quickly just say kudos, hats off to Haley Suttles. Haley took cards and she's been inviting her friends. But her problem was she invited more friends than she had cards. And so she was desperate to get some more cards, so she became creative. She ran to her mom's stash of post-it notes, and she began writing her own post-it note Friends Day invitation. One of her mothers, that she invited a child, and the mother called and said, um, I just want to make sure about this invitation. It's handwritten, you know, like, is this for real? Is our daughter or child really invited to this? And she said, I'm not for sure what you're talking about, a handwritten. She said, let me take a picture of it and, and text it to you. And so she texted Dana this picture. And if, if you'll notice, it was nice for the Suttles to find out. She volunteered that they would pick up all the kids that she invited. <laughs> and so that was nice that they found that out ahead of time. Uh, that, that's a wonderful thing. Maybe if you want to write personal invitations, you can write that the Suttles will pick up your guests too. Uh, you also notice that she learned a lesson that any of us that have laid out our own pieces of work, it's hard to get correct the who, what, when, and where. And so they, they got it straight that it really wasn't today, the 21st. It's going to be next week, uh, the 28th. But those, those invitations have been corrected. Listen, God is good to us. God has given us a lot of opportunities to enjoy being family and to help others realize what a blessing it is to be a part of the family of God. And I hope that you are being real. I hope you're being real as we've talked about the last three weeks. You're being real in your talk to God. 
I hope you're still praying for five souls three times a day. I hope you're being real in the opportunities that we studied last week where God gives you the opportunity. Are you redeeming the time? Or are you going to let it pass by? I hope that you're being real in what we'll begin this morning and we'll just get into it and we'll finish it tonight with also tagging in the end of Romans 12 tonight. But I hope you're being real in your language, in your conduct, day in and day out. Not just when you're offering invitations, but even when you're just living day-to-day life. You know, last week, last two weeks, we have, um, we've been talking about the things I just reviewed with you. And then last Sunday morning after the late service, we just studied about opportunities. Brian Odom walked over to one of his long, long time friends. And he just asked him, when are you going to come to our side? And Daryl Spicer thought for a moment. And he said, I'm ready. He says, you're ready right now. He says, I'm ready right now. I want to be baptized right now. And so after late service Sunday morning, we witnessed a beautiful, beautiful occasion. I couldn't help but think as we witnessed that, if we would have looked in the front of people's Bibles, I wonder how many here would have been praying for him three times a day for the seven days previous to that. And then I couldn't help but think about the text that led us to that very exercise. You remember there in Colossians, the fourth chapter, I want you to notice this. This is the rhythm that we talked about two weeks ago that was here. Continue earnestly in prayer. That happened that previous week. Being vigilant in it. That means pray with your eyes open to see the opportunities that God gives and how He answers prayers. And then what's the next part of that? With thanksgiving. Wouldn't we be amiss? If we didn't stop right now, if we've preached it, the question is, do we believe it? Do you believe that that's an answer to prayers? And if you believe it is, we need to be thankful for it, thanking God for it. Let's bow. Most gracious God, we approach you, God, with great excitement in our heart. God, it excites us to think that this earth is not our home. We're reminded this week of a lot of pain of living on this earth. And we're excited to live in the presence of you in a place where there's no more pain or suffering, where there's no violence and there's no death, no goodbyes. And God, we are mindful of the opportunity you give us to be a part of your great commission and sharing the gospel. God, you know, you have heard many of us have been praying over 20 times a week bringing the same names to you, asking you to open doors for us as a church family to pass through. You've heard our prayers as we've asked you to help us to say the right things. And God, last Sunday, you gave us a powerful glimpse of you answering prayers. God, we are so thankful for Daryl. We're thankful for his tender heart. We're thankful for his obedience to you. We're thankful for his sweet wife, Dina, who's become a Christian recently also, and for their beautiful, handsome son that they have. And God, we're thankful for this Christian family, and we give you the praise and the glory. We know that you have answered prayers, and we thank you. 
And God, we continue to bring names before you. And we think about our friend's day that is approaching. And God, we pray that each one here would be wise with the opportunities that you give us this week to invite folks. And God, we pray uh, that good seeds will be planted, whether they're harvested this week or next week or next month or next year. God, we pray uh, that you will do uh, what you do to touch the lives and the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. God, we are mindful of the tragedy in West Texas. We're mindful of Donald Adair and his family. We're mindful that a brother and sister in Christ has gone through so much there. And no doubt there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. There's going to be a lot of difficult days. And God, we just pray that you be with our brother in Christ and we pray that he will be a shining example of you even in difficult times. And we pray for the congregation there in West Texas and for so many that have lost so much. And we pray that you and your righteousness can shine in the time of this tragedy. God, we are mindful that you bless us in many ways. And we pray that we'll be faithful to you in all things, including the opportunities you give us this week. We recognize that the only hope we have is for your son, Jesus. And God, we pray that this morning we will be reminded of why you put us on this earth and the impact we can have on others' lives. It's through your son's name we pray. Amen. When we consider the opportunity that God gives us, I'd like for us to jump to our text and talk about real talk, to talk about gracious talk. I'd like for you also, as we're doing that, if you're sitting on the end of a pew, you will see most likely that there are some cards, whether they're postcard size or business size cards. Uh, they need to be out this week. There's no good for them to sit here this week. They need to be out this week. So if you will, pass those down. And if you need more cards, this is your opportunity. Pretty much all that we have are in this room right here. There are just a few postcards scattered throughout the foyer and just a few business cards, but most of them are in this room. And so a few in the window seals and a few on the end. So uh, please take those and pass them down. And when you get finished with those, if there are any left, put those in the corners. And let's be sure and put those to good use but also keep in mind of the social media opportunities that you have. And if you need that particular graphic sent again, just let us know. We'd love to do that. I'd like for us to think about this powerful text here of Colossians 4 that we've been looking at, 2, 3, and 4. We talked about real talk to God. 5, we talked about real talk through the opportunities that God gives us to live the talk before we talk the talk. And now let's look at verse 6. And, and again, we'll just get started in this. And uh, you'll love the study so much, you'll have to come back tonight. And we'll finish up this and look in Romans 12 also. Look at this beautiful study in, in the sixth verse. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And this is said in the context and the mindset of trying to reach others. The previous verse is how we live toward those who are on the outside. And so he's talked about the behavior toward those who are on the outside, and now he talks about the talk that we have toward those who are on the outside. And I want you to notice there probably won't be any greater challenge that we'll hear in months to come even than this challenge where he says, I want you to let your speech always, notice that word always, be with grace. This morning, if we read this text and if God said, I want you from time to time to speak gracious words, we say, check mark, I do that. That's good. I, real often from time to time, I encourage people. 
Even if he said, I want you most of the time to speak gracious words, even though a lot of us would drop out of that and say, oh boy, that gets me. There would still probably be a few that says, you know, most of the time my speech is very gracious towards others. And think about the idea of grace is, is a gift. It is generous. In other words, is your speech a gift to others of what Christian and righteous living ought to be? Also, the word grace is translated sometimes in the scripture favor. Like in Luke 2.52, when, when Christ was, was growing up in favor with God and man, that's the word for grace. In other words, is your life a favor is it bringing a benefit to others? Now, let's drop back though. Notice what he says. He says, I want you to let your speech always. And so what if we said, well, the majority of the time we say, ooh, that's tough. I don't know if I do it the majority of the time. All right, get this. He said, I want it to always be. That's tough. Always, always. Does your talk in Bible class Sound like your talk at the break room at work? Always gracious. When you're riding around with your family and, and you guys are just laughing and cutting up, does that talk, is it gracious? And is it also gracious when your family is 10 minutes late for church and everybody is at each other's throat? When you're driving down the road on a Sunday afternoon and you have nowhere to go, you're just out enjoying the sights of Sunday afternoon drive, does your language then sound just the same and gracious as whenever you're late to work and you've been cut off in traffic three times by the same driver? Is it still gracious? When you have a waiter that you feel like has been rude, has not been competent, and yet on the other hand, another day you have a waiter that's your favorite waiter bringing your favorite food in your favorite restaurant. Do you sound like two different people or do you sound like the same person in both situations? Listen, brethren. We've got to grasp that in living a Christian life, we are to become a new creation. And one of the huge, distinctive characteristics of a faithful Christian is that their speech is consistent. Nobody in the world does this. Underline that. Listen to it again. Nobody in the world does this. And you say, oh, I can't do that. You're right. You can't do this. But with Christ living in you, you and I can get a lot closer to doing it than what we ever have. And think of the impact whenever people know that there is something very different about us. Not because, oh, they're the ones that invited me to church. It's something different because they've seen the way that you spoke even when you were mistreated at work. They've seen the way you spoke when you were at school in all situations. They've seen the way that you have visited with your neighbors and how you handled it when a a joke was told that wasn't appropriate. How you handled it when someone tried to reel you in to the circle of gossip. Nobody in the world handles their tongue the way a faithful Christian does. Here he says, I want you to let your speech always be with grace. What would that look like? Let's back up 
here to James, the third chapter. And many of you immediately think, well, yeah, sure, we would go to James 3 here. It's a great chapter on the tongue. He starts out the challenge in, in verse 1 about teachers. You're using your tongue. You've got to be careful in how you use your tongue. And notice what he says in James 3 and verse 2. This page 1073, the Bible's in your pews. 1073. Notice what he says in verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. See how he puts the pronoun we in there? He's humble. James says all of us. There's nobody here perfect is what James is saying. And then he says, let me tell you one of the ways we stumble the most. And he says, if, see we have if, anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. You know that the word bridle comes from Greek from two words. One word comes from bit and the other word comes from lead. Do you have a bit in your mouth that leads you to talk and to speak in a way that you wouldn't speak unless that bit was in your mouth? You know what the bit is in our mouth? The bit in our mouth is that we have decided to become Christians. We have decided to follow the truth. We have decided to allow Christ to transform our life. We have decided, according to Galatians 5, to be led by the Spirit. In other words, we ought to be able on a daily and often basis say, you know, before I became a Christian, I wouldn't have said that. Before I became a Christian, I would have said something very differently. But now I have a bit, if you will. I am being led in a different direction. My speech is now very consistent. Whereas before I became a Christian, before I disciplined myself, my speech was very inconsistent. I laughed Friday, I, uh, an elder was sitting at, at a meeting and this, this elder, we were in a board meeting at Heritage University and, and uh, this, this elder was from New Orleans and he's got that thick accent. I love hearing him talk and, and he said, he laughed. He said, I got to tell you a funny story that happened to one of our deacons the other day. He said he was driving to church. He's in his big SUV and it was one of those situations where he was at his wife and his wife was at him and they were fierce with each other and the kids were fighting back and forth. It's interesting how kids usually do what mom and dads do. And so they were fighting back and forth. And so he's, he's, feeling like they're late for church, so they're trying to rush. And he's also trying to reach back and get the kids in shape, and it's just a circus going on. And he says, he says as he's, he's trying to keep his eye on the road, but reach back for a kid, he notices out the passenger window that one of his elders and his elder's wife is just, they're watching the circus. And he said, he said, he got to church and the deacon walked over to him, his head's kind of low, and he said, we need to talk. He said, I feel really bad. And the elder says, no, we don't need to talk. He says, oh, yes, we need to talk. I feel really bad. You know what the elder told him? He said, hey, if you would just tap your brakes, the kid will come up so you can reach him. But <laughs> I think that was the elder's way of saying we all have been there. Do you see what James is saying here? James is saying we've all been here, but we have to work on it. Brethren, will you commit this morning, will you commit to saying, this week, I want to start something new in my life. I want to sound like the same person all the time. When I am being severely mistreated, I still want my tongue to sound like it belongs. It is bridled by God. When I'm having the best day of my life, I want my tongue to sound like it's bridled by God. I'd like for us to close this part this morning and we'll jump right back in this night. But I'd like for you to jump down in verse 9 and 10. There's, there's a lot of verses here we could read. But I want you to think about this oneness here. In verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. And you see what he's saying? He's talking about with the tongue. 
He says, how can this be? In one moment, it's like the little girl that was talking to her grandfather. In one moment, we say, God, I want to tell you how great you are and I want to love you. And then he says, here are people that are made after the image of God. God made them after his image and we curse them. We talk doom and despair to them and, and we bless God. Now notice the very next verse. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. Now could he say it any more bluntly? My brethren. See, he's not talking to the world. He says, I know it's difficult, Christians. I know it's difficult, brethren. But notice what he says. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Any of us that have tried to guard our tongue, we have had individuals that were strangers after a short period of time say to us, I knew you were a Christian. I could tell by the way you talked. If we're going to have real talk to God and real talk about the opportunities that God gives us to reach others, we need to recognize that one of the opportunities that God gives us to reach others is how we use our tongue 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year. People don't care anything about associating with hypocrites. How we have been to others on a day-to-day -day basis will have a lot to do with if they ever say yes when we invite them. This morning... I really hope that you'll come back, not because of the preacher, but this is a good study. This is God's Word hitting us where we live on a daily basis. Let's come back tonight and let's see what does grace talk look like? What does talk look like that's seasoned with salt? What did he mean when he said to give a right answer? But also this morning, let's extend an invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. And it's some of the best talk we could ever speak of. To speak of our Father who loved the world so much He gave His only begotten Son. And Jesus died and He rose from the dead proving power over the grave. And He said, He said, He used words, He used gracious words. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. Listen, there aren't any of us here perfect. We all probably even this last week have said some things that we shouldn't have said. We've said them in the way we shouldn't have said them. But is there something that you need to bring before a church family and ask forgiveness? Do you need to become a part of a church family and be baptized into Christ? Is there some way that we could help you this morning? If so, come.